Welcome back to the Crisscross Corner. On today's episode, I will be talking about sundown towns in Metro Detroit and their impact on development physically and socially. Crisscross Corner starts now. Welcome back, everyone, to the Crisscross Corner. This is my weekly journal to educate, influence, and overall make you aware of what's going on around the world. You too can be a part of the creative process by joining the Crisscross Corner Facebook group. Send me suggestions on what I should talk about for upcoming episodes. Also, please listen and support the podcast on the Anchor app. With as little as $1 a month, your support on the app helps me make more episodes with my peeps or by myself, because I like to talk by myself most of the time. But if I want special guests, I can pay them, you know, spread the love, go on trips with my peeps. You understand. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to be talking about what sundown towns are. And which ones are, you know, are notorious, which ones were notorious, and which ones are still notorious today in the Metro Detroit area, of course. But first, we're going to start off with my new segment. What you doing, Detroit? What you doing? Man, Big Gretch is at it again. Big Gretch just uh, ordered the indoor bars to close due to the the spike of COVID-19. Some people just thought that COVID-19 was gone. However, it's been here the whole time. Just saying. But COVID never left, folks. We're talking about a first wave, second wave. It's still the first wave. We just, everybody's just going out at the same time now. And it's just getting worse and worse because you might have it, you might not have it. But we just got to keep people safe. And that's all Governor Whitmer is doing. She's just trying to keep us safe. Uh, She's trying to, you know, flatten the curve. Or to get rid of the whole virus altogether. You know what I mean? But she's doing what she's doing. And she's doing the right thing. And I hope other governors around the country, (coughs) Texas, (coughs) Georgia, (coughs) Florida, (coughs) you know, I hope they, you know, follow in Gretchen's footsteps. Well, speaking of footsteps and steps in the wrong direction, I guess. Uh, Drive-by shootings in Detroit. Drive-by shootings in Detroit. Now, this is nothing new for people who live or live around Detroit. However, the new sensation in Detroit is drive-by shootings on the freeway. What in the living hell are y'all doing drive-bys on the freeway? Well, most of these things have been, uh, most of these incidents have been people who have been spotted out. So at least they know the person that they're shooting. They're just not randomly shooting at cars on the freeway. If that was the case, I wouldn't be on the freeway ever. But uh, the state police reported a shooting on the Southfield Freeway, which is by my house, uh, between 8 Mile and 7 Mile. So it's not really uh, by my house, but it's in the vicinity. Now, they say they knew the person uh, because, of course, no one's going to just randomly shoot a car. But that's just one incident. There's also one on uh, the Edsel Ford Freeway, which is 94. There was one on 75. There was a few on 75, actually. There was two on the Lodge, and there was one on the Davison. Sources tell me. Now, I don't know what the what the Detroit police are going to do in response to all these shootings that are happening on happening on the freeway. But hey, what you doing, Detroit? Come on now. Speaking of come on now, Cast Tech 
is not changing their name. So uh, Lewis Cass, which was, you know, one of the famous people for, for uh, Detroit. Um, apparently he was a slave owner. What's new? All right. All these injustices happening around the, the country about people getting shot and inequalities for us black folk and people of color. And all you want to do is change the name of a high school, tear down a statue, change the name of the Redskins, which we will, which we will get to. We don't care about the name. We care about the cops who killed Breonna Taylor, the cop who killed George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and numerous others around the country that have been in the news or have not been in the news. That's what we're trying to fight for. We're not trying to fight for a name change of a freaking high school who's been in Detroit for almost 100 years. Over 100 years, actually. We don't care. What we need to do is get justice for these people. Black lives matter. Not old slave owners who are, who've been dead for like 100 years. Who cares? In other news for Detroit, there was a new Facebook group in Livonia called the Livonia Citizens Caring About Black Lives group. It's on Facebook. You can check it out. Uh, they raised about $1,800 in three days to put up a billboard along Telegraph. I believe it's the North. I saw it yesterday. Northbound Telegraph in 96. Right by the, uh, right by the, uh, the exit. It says, and I quote, driving while black? Racial profiling just ahead. Welcome to Livonia. Oh, yes. Let me say it one more time. Driving while black? Racial profiling just ahead. Welcome to Livonia. Yes. Livonia, Livonia, Livonia. Let, first of all, let's, you know, I'm an urban planner, so we're going to talk about the specifics of this billboard. Billboards are not allowed in Livonia. For, for reasons that I don't know and I don't care. That's what the citizens wanted. They don't want big signs telling people what to do and where to go. Okay, that's reasonable. All right, switch it to the advocate. Uh, Livonia is in Metro Detroit, has a history of being notorious for racial profiling. I have not been a victim of that sort of that uh, racial profiling. However, I've had friends who've told me stories about the racial profiling in Livonia and numerous other cities around Detroit. Um, Livonia has many other things that they're known for, but today we're going to talk about uh, sundown towns and their effect on the way people live. And Livonia is one of those sundown towns. They want to be welcoming to everyone, you know, you know, trying to keep people coming into Livonia. Just don't be scared. It's okay. We want, we want, we want your money. We want you to live here. Just come through. That's what the face group, the Facebook group wants. However, most of us know that Livonia has a huge history of one, pulling black people over, two, of excluding them from housing, and three, they have a huge history of killing black people. And that's what we're gonna talk about later today in the show. And that was the What You Doing Detroit segment. Please follow the What You Doing Detroit Instagram page if you like photos and videos of Detroit. That's my Instagram plug. Now let's go to the news. The news. Business Insider said that Walmart is transforming its parking lots into drive-in movie theaters. Yes, I said it. 
160 Walmarts are turning their parking lots into drive-in movie theaters this summer, which is the best idea they have come up with since the inception of their stores. I don't shop at Walmart. However, I will go to a Walmart drive-in theater if they have the right movies. Uh, some movies are pretty good for a drive-in. Um, all the Avengers movies could be good for a drive-in. Uh, the Dark Knight movies, uh, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter movies, Indiana Jones, except for the fourth one, because we don't talk about that. Um, they could do a Back to the Future trilogy at one of these drive throughs um, Max Fury. That would be good. Born Identity. That would be a good movie to put there. Um... What other movies? What other movies should there be at uh, drive-in theaters? There should be scary movies. I like scary movies at drive-in theaters. That would be great. The Purge. That could be a really great movie to showcase at one of these drive-in movie theaters. Yeah, but overall, it was a smart move by Walmart. They know what they're doing. They want that money rolling. Keep that money rolling in. Speaking of. Money rolling in, my boy, from the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick freaking Mahomes signed the biggest football deal in history. Not just football deal. He signed the biggest sports deal in history. Sports. That's crazy. This guy has signed a what was it? I'm looking at I'm looking it up right now. He signed 10 years up to 503 million dollars. Source ESPN. So basically this man is making 50 million dollars a year just on the NFL contract. That's not that's not including all of the endorsement deals he has, all the commercials he does, and other stuff that he gets money for. Let me tell you how good this man is. Let me. T I told. I told all my friends for the Super Bowl this year that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be losing most of the game. However, Patrick Mahomes is going to be like, "Hold my beer, I got this," and he did it in convincing fashion. Not only did they win the Super Bowl, then when the first Super Bowl in Kansas City history in like I think it was 50 years, because I think they were they, they were part of the first Super Bowl way back in the 60s. They won a Super Bowl, I think, a few years later. And then 50 years later, they finally won again. That's crazy. But overall, the Kansas City Chiefs are still on everybody's radar this year. And Based on this contract, they should be on everybody's radar for the next 10 years. It's crazy. Congratulations, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, speaking of Chiefs, do you, guys, do you guys think that's a derogatory name, the Chiefs? Because a lot of people do. However, that's not as derogatory as you know, the Cleveland Indians with their logo way back in the day, a.k.a. <laughs> five years ago, with the red man smiling. They took that away. We weren't taking that anymore. They also uh, were trying to get rid of the Chicago, what is it, the Chicago Blackhawks, which is also quote-unquote derogatory, which, I mean, I get it, but Blackhawks, that's that's like the that's like a dominant name. Like we're gonna dominate you on this ice. And we're gonna smile with our two front teeth knocked out. Like, come on. But in recent news, FedEx, which is I, I believe uh has majority ownership of the Washington Redskins, has said y'all better change this name. Y'all better change this name. We are not playing no games. So I don't know what they're going to change the name to. 
the Washington, I don't know, Washington Bullets. I don't, this is just, it's, it's crazy. Um, I don't know. It's going to be weird calling them the, the another name. But, you know, with all change, you know, you're going to have to get used to it. So we're all going to have to get used to it because they're going to change it anyway. Speaking of getting used to, there are two stories that we have to get used to. Cedar Point is opening for the 2020 season on Thursday, July 9th, which is this week. Um, you'll have to have a reservation. And I believe they're not going to full capacity at all. Um, I think they're going to allow like 10,000 people. You have to wear a mask. Um, you're going to have to, uh, I don't know what they're going to do at Cedar Point, but I'm not going this year. I ain't going nowhere that has to do with people and roller coasters. That's all I'm saying. Um, another story that, you know, somehow sparked controversy, which I don't understand. I mean, I understand why, but I don't understand why. The NFL is planning to play the black, <coughs> excuse me, the Negro, <coughs> excuse me, um, lift every voice and sing <laughs> the black national anthem before the games on week one. Now, I don't know if they're going to do this for every game, but they said they're going to do it for week one. It's a better song than the Star Spangled Banner. Let's just be honest. However, we already don't want to hear one of the songs before the game. Now we got to hear two? Come on now. That's my argument. However, the other side of the spectrum is saying we don't need to hear that song. That's not American. I'm like, first of all, yes, it is. It's very American. It's the people who built their, it's the people who built your country. They made their own song because the Star Spangled Banner has some stuff in it that they took out that was pretty, you know, pretty gruesome, pretty undermining, and pretty detrimental to people in this country. Lift every voice and sing is like, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing. It's a great song. You should hear it sometime. I can't play it here because I'll get flagged. But it's really great. However, the song that's better than both Lift Every Voice and Sing in the Star Spangled Banner is America the Beautiful. That song should be played everywhere. That is the most amazing song ever. And Ray Charles made the best rendition of that song. I believe it's on, I first heard it on The Sandlot when I was like a little kid. But it's a really great song. Really great. You can hang it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how they're going to do this. Um, they're going to do Lift Every Voice and Sing, then the National Anthem? What a National Anthem, then Lift Every, lift every Voice and Sing. Anyway, it's way better than the Star Spangled Banner. Um, these uh, these stories were brought to you by Mixed Tiles. Turn your photos into stunning wall art. They're beautiful. They attach easily. They're removable and reusable and leave no marks on your walls. Mixed tiles are for my many travels across the country. I use them so much, so much, so much, that I have, I have an entire wall of mixed tiles of my travels. Thank you, mixed tiles. You can relive your best memories every day with mixed tiles. You can order mixed tiles online at www mixtiles.com or use the mixed tiles app that's the pink app the pink app with three dots on it let's go get creative start snapping pics and printing them out and putting them on your wall with mixed tiles all right let's get to the major topic of the day 
What are sundown towns? Now, if you look at a map of your city and the, sur and the surrounding cities, do you notice why the cities look different? Of course, you know, different city, you know, city ordinances, different city laws that go into that go into all the stuff that cities do and the way cities are uh, cities are made. Um, not just the arbitrary borders, but the physical and invisible invisible borders. You ever wonder why the police presence is higher in certain suburban neighborhoods or certain urban neighborhoods? You ever notice why the police are located more heavier on certain freeways? Do you ever wonder why cities around Detroit are predominantly white and some are predominantly black? Well, that's where the term sundown towns come into play, ladies and gentlemen. Sundown towns, um, well, people still use them today around the country. Um, sundown towns are the towns that were intentionally uh, around to keep certain kinds of people out, either it be East European, uh, sometimes in some cities, the Jews, um, foreigners, Hispanic and Latino. Um, however, but it always meant Black and African Americans when it comes to the American story. Um, tactics would be, uh, tactics would range from you know, scare tactics to not serving the people properly, uh, real estate frauds and uh, real estate, not real estate fraud, but, you know, not getting people in the right houses they're supposed to be, saying that they can't go to this house, but they can go to this house because it's an all-black neighborhood. You know that? Um, they go from higher police presence, which means certain people won't want to be in that area, AKA blacks. Um, uh, beating up people, uh, lynching, uh, multiple arrests, murder, or flat out just, just flat out racism. <laughs> flat out racism. The metro area, uh, has the highest level of residential racial segregation in this country. Nearly nine out of 10 black residents in the Metro Detroit area, ladies and gentlemen, let me say that again. Nearly nine out of 10, 90%, nine out of 10 black residents in Metro Detroit live in either one, the Detroit proper, two Highland Park, three Inkster, four Pontiac, or five Southfield. Out of those five, you have Detroit. You have Highland Park, which is an uh, enclave in Detroit. Uh, Southfield, which is an inner suburb of Detroit. And you have the two outlying suburbs, which are Inkster and Pontiac. All right. If you look on a map, you can pretty much see uh, where the where the uh, majority black cities are around Detroit. And the reason why they're there have deep historical roots. We'll go on, we'll go with that later in another episode, but we're just gonna do a little spark notes on the whole situation. Um, I guess we would talk, we're gonna talk about you know, freeways uh, deliberately went through the poor neighborhoods around the and around the affluent neighborhoods of Detroit. So if you look at a map of Detroit, like I-96, 75, Lodge Freeway, Edsel Ford, they went through all these neighborhoods. Um, they went through the poor neighborhoods, split them up, but they went around the more affluent neighborhoods because they fought against the interstate freeway building through their communities. So if you look at a map right now, search the history of the, the neighborhoods of Detroit, it's mind boggling. 
kind of astonishing what they've done. And it wasn't just black neighborhoods. It was either the Polish neighborhoods, the Greek neighborhoods, the Irish neighborhoods. They went through everybody. But the people who had money, they was like, oh, you ain't coming through here, buddy. You're not coming through here. That's what happened. You know, speaking of running through, uh, in the early 1960s, the uh, people know about this. Uh, the city of Detroit conducted an urban renewal program to combat what is, you know, what was called urban blight back in the day. Just areas that were just run down and un underutilized, quote unquote, by the city because they just didn't take care of them because they had, quote unquote, undesirables in their city. Um, the program raised the entire Black Bottom District, which was a majority Black community in Detroit. They just took it up, moved the people, displaced the people, and replaced it with, of course, everybody Everybody knows if they live in Detroit, they replaced it with the Chrysler Freeway, which is the, I think, it, I believe it's 75 that runs around downtown. So you have the, the uh, 75 that runs around downtown, and you also have the 375 connector, which connects Jefferson to Gratiot and the Chrysler Freeway. So they made those two freeways to get rid of the urban blight, which displaced a lot of people. And that's just one of the major stories in Detroit. That's just one one of the major areas in Detroit that they took away. Um, in the 1970s, uh, Detroit lost a $500 million grant for public transit development because the suburbs refused to cooperate. They didn't want the black people to come to their neighborhoods. They didn't want poor whites to come in their neighborhoods and bring their property values down. They didn't want connectivity for all in the Detroit area. That's the major reason why Detroit doesn't have a mass public transit network like New York City, Washington, DC, or Chicago. It's because Detroit was, Detroit as well as the Detroit suburbs were against one another, and they still are to this day. Um, of course, everybody knows about the, the redlining and intentional racist practices that kept Blacks away from predominantly white neighborhoods and cities. Um, there was a source that one couple pro, uh, uh, reported that their real estate agent repeatedly refused to show them houses in executive and exclusive Gross Point neighborhoods. Instead, they put they told them to go to Harper Woods, which is another suburb, entering suburb of Detroit. It's like between it's between Detroit and the Gross Points. Um, so they made them go there instead of the Gross Points, which are, you know, upper class, upper middle class, high upper class neighborhood. Um, so that's one of like one instance of pure, like, we don't want you here. And we're gonna pay these people not to bring you here. That's what happened. Um, but then again, uh, that was back in the 1970s, folks. They still do that today, but they have different laws and, you know, they kind of cheat their way in and out of the system. But, um. There are a lot of sundown towns. That's the topic of today. There are a lot of sundown towns that I will talk about later in my top 10 list. But for now, we're going to talk about four towns that I drive through. Mm, I would say not on a constant or daily basis, but I've driven through them enough to know that this is definitely a sundown town or was a sundown town. Uh, yes, I did my research on these four towns. Um, two of them I did not know about the history until a few of my older colleagues told me about it. But 
Two of them I knew. Two of them I definitely knew. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is Lathrop Village. Lathrop Village. Lathrop, Lathrop. I don't care how you say it. It was a sundown town. Um, there was a Lathrop uh, Village real estate brochure in the 1930s, I believe. It said, boasted that the new colony here has been restricted to race. All right. The entire school district is reserved exclusively for Caucasians. That's exactly what it said. Let me repeat it. Boasted that they boasted that the colony here has been restricted as to race. The entire school district is, reser is reserved exclusively for Caucasians. Exclusively. So if anybody doesn't know, uh, Lether Village is, I believe, the enclave of Southfield. I believe it is. Let me see a map of Southfield. It's in there. I know it's in there. Southfield. Let me see. Yeah, it's inside Southfield. So between 11 and 11 and 12 mile along Southfield Road. So yeah, it's about a mile and a half, I guess. A small little city. But uh, it's different than the rest of Southfield. Obviously for historical reasons that I just told you before. Um, it's, um, it's part of the exhibit. Um, it was part of the exhibit um, of the We Don't Want Them Race and Housing in Metropolitan Detroit, 1900 to 1968 at Michigan State. Um, Lathrop Village, Lathrop, 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 uh, said that their entire district is reserved for white people. So blacks couldn't send their kids there. We'll get to another uh, school incident later when we talk about GP, Girls Point. But uh, we're going to go down Jefferson. And we're going to talk about Wyandotte. Now, a number of blacks who moved in, who moved in during the early 1910s were driven out in 1916. All right. They killed, they killed a few people. They killed a few blacks. They killed us. Um, there was a strike at the only business in town with black employees. They said they didn't want to work with them. That they need to get out of town. And this is an all-white suburb of Detroit. Um, the local paper frequently noted through the 1920s that black residents were not welcome in the town. They was like, we don't want you here. We, we don't we don't need you. We're better than you. Uh, if you drive through Wyandotte, there's a lot of, you know, those big colonials, those big houses along Bill slash Jefferson. I was like, yeah, this was, this was, this was, this wasn't, you know, not to go against black people having big houses, but no, this, this wasn't for the blacks. This was definitely a white town, a white town off the coast, off the Detroit River. Well, nowadays it's you know there's there's more black people in Wyandotte, but not as much as there should be. But the historical you know this the historics that happened in Wyandotte pretty much scarred a lot of people to this day. Like I went down there a few days ago, there was literally no black people, <laughs> none, none whatsoever. Um. During World War, uh, World War II, the government attempted to locate a housing project for black people, uh, the black war workers in Wyandotte. But the city government, the all the city government, well, you know, because you know, government is made of the people of the city. The city government refused to make the housing project for the black workers. 
that was like, oh, they can't stay here. They can go anywhere else, but they can't stay here. Oh, no. No, they can't. That's what they said. Speaking of, no, they can't stay here. We're going to talk about Gross Point because I'm itching to talk about it. I go through this. I go through this neighborhood because there's, there's. I think it's Gross Point Woods, Gross Point Park, Gross Point Shores, Gross Point Farms, Gross Point, and then of course Gross Eel down in Down River. Um, really nice houses, really nice. Um, nice view of the nice view of the lake, Lake St. Clair. Uh, nice school system, not as good as it used to be, but it's nicer. Than most, um, but uh, on the school route, um, I think it was 1968. There's a story that um, Martin Martin Luther King Jr. came to speak at uh, at a Gross Point High School. Um, he was frequently interrupted by hecklers. Frequently, um, he was trying to, you know preach peace and love and unity, equity, equality for all people. And they weren't having it. That was like, get out of here, you blackie. Get out of here. And that's what happened in 1983. Uh, the tennis team, including two African-American girls from Holy Name Catholic School in Birmingham, which is another sundown town, um, Visited Gross Point to compete in a tennis match. Uh, the Gross Point coach informed the Birmingham coach that Gross Point could not play that day. Uh, the coach, the other coach, asked why. Why can't we play today? And the other coach from Gross Point said that you have two niggers with you. I remember looking, I, I believe it was Pride with uh, Terrence Howard and Bernie Mac that uh, they, uh, like the, the uppity people, the white people from like the rich people, they came down to uh, the town, down to Philly to swim in their old, uh, their old rundown swimming pool. And it was like, oh, we can't, we can't swim here. And then. Of course, the Philly, the Philadelphia people said, "Okay, so you forfeit, right? Because you're not gonna compete with us." And then the ref, which was obviously a white ref from out of town, was gonna side with the white people and said they don't have to. Be, they don't have to come here if they want to. They don't want. They don't have to compete if they don't want to. They don't have to. Those were the times back in the day. But now we have it here in 1983. The 80s, not the 60s. This is the 80s. <laughs> the Gross Point coach informed the Birmingham coach that they could not play because you have two niggers with you. After an argument, the Birmingham team was finally allowed to play, which may have been the first time blacks were allowed to use the Gross Point Tennis Club. I pass the Gross Point Tennis Club often. I, I don't see any black people there. Those might have been the only two black people who've played there. You never know. Never know. Mm-mm-mm. 1983. That was only 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Well, speaking of 40 years ago, uh, there's, here's one that I did not know was a sundown town until I talked to my older colleagues. We're talking about Dearborn. Oh, Dearborn. Um, if you look at Dearborn now, you wouldn't think it'd be a sundown town. However, back in the day, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, oh boy. If you were black, caught in Dearborn, oh my gosh, I feel sorry, sorry for you. I mean, if you're caught in Dearborn now, I, I feel sorry for you too. But that's not the point. Orville Hubbard, which, you know, Hubbard Drive is known for, the road between Four Road and Michigan. Um, he was the former mayor of Dearborn, and he was vocal and well-known in his successful attempts to keep Dearborn 
quote unquote clean, meaning white, quote unquote. She wanted to keep the city white. What? We must keep the city white. In 1956, uh, there was an interview with an Alabama newspaper, and Hubbard stated that they can't get in here. Every time we hear of a Negro moving in, we respond quicker than you do a fire. That is his exact words, ladies and gentlemen. Every time we hear of a new Negro moving in, we respond quicker than a fire. That means they were adamant of keeping black people out. And this wasn't just black people. He did it to, of course, he did it to the Jewish community. And he did it to the Eastern Europeans who were moving from the, I think, I believe it was the, at the time it was the uh, Polish and the, I, I forget what other nationality it was. They were moving from uh, Southwest Detroit, like the Delray area, because that was a huge Polish uh, concentration in Detroit. Um, so in 1985, fast forward, Dearborn passed an ordinance limiting the use of public parks just to Dearborn residents, which was already a huge white population. So no blacks could be in parks. And I believe in the 1980s and 1990s, you started to get your first Middle Easterns into Dearborn. So they couldn't go to the parks. Even though they were citizens, they still couldn't come to the parks. I'm gonna say this again because this is this is a this is a key quote from a mayor who has a freaking street named after him. Which need they need to work on those potholes, just saying. Um, they can't get in here. Every time we hear of a Negro moving in, we respond quicker than a fire. I was like, what? That means I can't I gotta I gotta live on the low in Dearborn? Come on now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Of course, uh, all of this was to keep, you know, keep Dearborn white. Obviously, it didn't work. You know, <laughs> 2020. Um, Dearborn enlisted the help of the Fair Housing Center, the, F the FHC, in Detroit to attempt to make its housing practices more equitable. And just in 20, uh, 2005 to 2006, they had eight racial discrimination housing lawsuits against them. This is this is not even 20 years ago, folks. Not even 20 years ago. Trying to keep people out because of what they look like. And of course, Dearborn now is one of the biggest uh, concentrations of Middle Easterns outside of the Middle East. Uh, one of them. We have, uh, I, I believe, the largest... Either the largest or the second largest mosque outside of the Middle East. Um, off of Fort Row. It's huge. You can't miss it. Um, but Dearborn has changed. Gross Point has also changed. Not not as much as Dearborn or Lathrop Village or Wyandotte. But there's, there's changes. There's strides being made. So out of the four sundown towns that I named... The worst one still to date would have to be Gross Point because they are very, very, very. They just don't want people in there that aren't supposed to be in there, quote unquote. Wyandotte, of course, you know, they have a mix of lower class, poor, middle class, and upper class, all in Wyandotte. Lethwood Village, obviously not the same Lethwood Village back in the 60s or 30s when they said that the whole school district was exclusively for Caucasians. Um, totally different now. Dearborn, majority, it's, it's majority, uh, it's majority Arab, um, small portions of whites still live on the west side of Dearborn. But if you look at Dearborn now, you would, you would not think, you would not think sundown town at all. But you need to know your, you need to know your history, folks. Because that's how these cities are shaped. Um, 
So that was my spiel on Sundown Town. So you can look it up at, in your local city ordinance or local city histories. Because um, Detroit wasn't just a city that had it. Chicago had it. Philadelphia had it. Cleveland. New York City even. St. Louis. Los Angeles. A huge. Los Angeles was huge for this. Uh, Atlanta. Seattle. Which Seattle and Portland were like notorious for discrimination in this country, believe it or not. But that was my, what are sundown towns? Um, and now we're gonna go to, we're gonna go segue over to my top 10, my top 10 list. I wanna be excited about this, but uh, I don't want to be excited about this list, but my top 10 sundown towns <laughs> in Detroit. Number 10, of course, you have South Lion slash Howell. I will put Howell in there because they're in the sort of the same area. Not the same area, but Howell is much more north than South Lion, but they both have the same history. I'm almost identical histories when it comes to blacks in those areas. Um, South Line and Howell have been known, actually, they are known for KKK, Ku Klux Klan, and killing or discouraging black people in their cities. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's so bad between, between Detroit and Lansing that black people don't even want to stop at a rest stop, gas station, not even the Starbucks on Grand River in Brighton. You don't even you don't even want to stop there. That's how bad it is. But it gets worse as this list goes on. We have number 9, St. Clair Shores. I don't know if y'all know, but uh Gross Point St. Clair Shores, they're all in the same they're all in the same category. They want to keep us out. We were driving one time on Lakeshore into St. Clair Shores. And it was like they had huge MAGA gear, a MAGA gear like booth. Make America great again. I was like, wow, this is this is real. Um, so, yeah, they have a history of keeping black people out. Southgate, number eight, Southgate. Number seven, Sterling Heights, which also has the same history as Dearborn. Sterling Heights is, has a huge Arab population now. Also have a huge Middle East and Eastern European, East I would say Eastern European slash Middle East mix, like Turkish, Albanian, those kind of those kind of uh, areas over there. Um. You have Birmingham, which I said about earlier. Birmingham's huge was a huge uh, sundown town. It's equivalent to Gross Point. There's not a lot of not a lot of blacks. However, there are a lot of blacks in Birmingham. There's a lot of black businesses in Birmingham. Um, however, it's very exclusive. Very exclusive. Uh, Wyandotte, like I said before, huge uh, sundown town making strides for, for a better world. Royal Oak, number four. Royal Oak. Read your history books, folks. Read them history books. Royal Oak was huge for that. Um, Gross Point, like I said, all of the Gross Points. Gross Point Park, Gross Point Farms, Gross Point Woods, Gross Point Shores, Gross Eel, all of them. They all, all have the history of keeping blacks, blacks out, undesirables, and all that. Dearborn, like I said before, number two, is probably the most, it, it's the only city that made a huge 180 from the sundown towns of the past. Now they're very, um, now they're, they're uh, I want to say, they're more inclusive. Um, they like to invite everybody into the city. And it's working, and it's working for them. Uh, I think Dearborn is the second biggest city in the county. I believe so. 
I think it's third biggest in third or fourth biggest in the state. It wouldn't happen without bringing all of his people in there, colored folk, blacks, Arabs, Mexicans, Latinos. Bring them all in. Bring them, make a melting pot. That's what Dearborn is now. And now the opposite of uh, melting pot. We're going to talk about what I talked about earlier in the what you doing, Detroit section. We're going to talk about Livonia. That's my number one sundown town in Metro Detroit. It was It's so bad that a Facebook group had to raise money to make a freaking billboard to put on the side of the road to tell you, the uneducated fee people, or the people who know, that you're about to get pulled over because you're going to be racially profiled. That's crazy. That's crazy. And those were my top 10 historical sundown towns in Metro Detroit. And that has been another episode of the Crisscross Corner. Please listen and support the podcast. Please listen and support. Uh, you can do it better on the Anchor app. Uh, with as little as 99 cents a month, your listener support on the app helps me create more episodes. Subscribe to the Crisscross Studios on YouTube. Click that subscribe button. It's free. Just click it. More subscribers means more views on my videos. Uh, we also have other videos on the page. We also have different shows. We have the Great Debaters. We have Chris and Chris, the Only Amigos, and of course the Crisscross Corner. Follow me on Instagram, IG at underscore Chris underscore Cross underscore. Please spread the word of the, about the podcast. Please spread the word. Like I said, listener support, which is at least. $1 a month, 99 cents a month can help me make more episodes. I'm getting better at this stuff, guys. Way better at this stuff. Uh, re remember, spread the word about the podcast. Know about your sundown towns wherever you are in the world, especially in Metro Detroit, because that's where I'm headquartered. Uh, stay safe, social distance, and be nice to each other. <laughs>